1: It is indeed NBA Sound System, L-I-V-E Live. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. We are knee deep in free agency talk. And as we get on air with you guys today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, a little bit later than normal, but that is okay. We're ready to rock. Scott, I'll ask you how you're doing first.
0: Colin, I have no idea how I'm doing, to be perfectly honest, because of all the madness that has been the last couple of weeks with the Olympics, the draft, free agency. I think I'm good, but I'm also not 100 percent certain. But it's it's exciting times, anyway. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm going to actually say that I, uh, I I'm going to I make you feel a little bit better because I will say for one of the very rare times that I was wrong and you were right. About something um, oh. as we get on air right now, it is breaking that uh, DeMar DeRozan is reportedly being signed by the Chicago Bulls. Yes, the Chicago Bulls of the NBA. Uh, it's going to be it looks like it's going to be a uh, sign and trade situation uh, between the Spurs and the Bulls uh, with DeMar DeRozan going to the Bulls uh, in exchange for Thaddeus Young, a future first round pick and two second round picks. That's according to uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic. Um, Chris Haynes had DeMar DeRozan going to the Bulls first, and we're still getting more. Uh, As I'm speaking right now, it's looking like it's going to be a three-year, $85 million-plus deal for DeMar DeRozan to join the Chicago Bulls. And the reason why I say off the top that I was wrong and Scott was right is because we had the argument off the air that the DeMar DeRozan move would likely go to a Championship contender and not a team that was just in the middle of the pack like New Orleans, like any, any team there. Uh, and Demar goes to the Bulls that uh, aren't any closer to the championship than uh, the Spurs would be, in my opinion. Um, so you're right, Scott. There you go. Hey, money
0: talks, I guess, at the end of the day. But um, it's it's kind of a surprising move. I didn't really see Chicago initially being the team that Demar DeRozan would go to but we know they were super aggressive last year, the trade deadline, getting Nikola Vucevic, and they have their eyes set and kind of ending this postseason drought. So it it's going to be an interesting fit. We've talked about DeMar DeRozan quite a lot on this show. Fantastic player, incredibly skilled player, hasn't made an all-star team in a couple of years, but he still's performing at an all-star caliber level. But, you know, he he's not a, a very good defender, neither is Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. So, you know, <laughs> what does that team look like on that end of the court? And offensively, you know, he's a guy who... Um, has changed his game quite a bit but he's still at his best with the ball in his hand so you know i, th- I think that can help zach lavine having an additional playmaker but it right. could take some time for them to figure it out and also vucevic is used to having the ball in his hand so a fascinating signing here and um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see how it plays out
1: if there's one thing we learned from the playoffs and i've said this multiple times uh mm-hmm. since the start of the playoffs is that you need multiple ball handlers on the floor to have any sort of success In the postseason by the way Chicago wasn't a terrible defensive team last year right they were uh, 12th in defensive rating last season Uh, it's really offensively where they struggled Um, but you know getting Vucevic getting DeRozan maybe they'll put more points up on the board outside of Zach Levine they just didn't have anybody that could you know get you a bucket whenever you you needed it Um, that's changed a little bit right that 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 is now changed with DeRozan potentially uh, as as being reported and, uh, and Vucevic already there so um, you know the Bulls are there and uh, you know my initial thought on the uh, on the potential DeMar DeRozan signing there to Chicago is I, I like the move for Chicago I think it puts them now firmly as a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. They still have a uh, another level to get to to just get to that upper echelon in the East. Obviously, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and we'll talk about the Heat a little bit later on. Uh, the, I, they are there, in my opinion. But I think that puts them right in line with, with the Knicks and um, you know the uh, the Hawks and teams like that. Um, you know, depending on how this roster decides to fill out around them, because you can't you know discount Lonzo Ball being there uh, now mm-hmm. in Chicago. So you talk about defense that helps a little bit. He's a really good defender and can uh put some pressure on opposing ball handlers and then that's another guy that can get you set offensively so the bulls are making moves uh this offseason they will it really started at the trade deadline it looks like they're going in uh for it and they're going to try and compete and, and build around zach levine
0: i mean if this didn't end them making the playoffs i think that would be a huge disappointment considering how aggressive they've been but it also speaks to how crazy free agency is that you know, up until about 10 minutes ago, Lonzo ball to the Bulls was like their, their big move of the offseason. And to your point, I completely forgot about him <laughs> until you until you mentioned him. So these things move very quickly. Um, this team has a lot of talent now. Um, they should absolutely be in contention to, to make a, uh, get in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, but it's also crazy. There's a lot of teams. I think we could go through every single one. There's probably at least 10, 12, at least 10 teams in the Eastern Conference that kind of fancy themselves. Um, making the playoffs next year, so it's it's going to be crazy. But, yes, this team should absolutely make the playoffs. That is very clearly what they are kind of gunning for at this point.
1: Yeah, it'll be a, a complete colossal failure if they don't do that. Um, all right, we, we, we decided we were going to start with uh, free agency talk, so let's stick with it. The biggest move so far uh, free agency-wise, and it's still not complete yet because no deal can be fully complete until Friday the 6th uh, at 12 Eastern. Uh, 12 noon, that is. And um, Kyle Lowry is headed to the Miami Heat. Reportedly, it's still going to be a sign-in trade, correct? Um, it, we still haven't figured out the complete details of what mm-hmm. the Raptors are getting back. There are rumors that it's going to be Dragic and uh, Pressure Jachua, maybe a pick attached. But it's not the haul that Miami would have had to give up at the trade deadline. It's a lot less than what Miami had to give up. Uh, at the trade land round reportedly when they were shopping around looking for Kyle Lowry right that was uh mm-hmm. one of either Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero we're not hearing either of those guys involved in fact Duncan Robinson is uh is staying in Miami on a reported five-year 90 million dollar deal and Tyler Hero's not his name hasn't come up at all we haven't heard much from Tyler Hero yeah. since they got bounced in the first round uh by the Milwaukee Bucks so it, it is all precious Chua and, and and really Drogic. I think the Raptors are trying to reroute him, try to figure out what to do with him. Reports are that he wants to go to Dallas. You start looking around Dallas' roster and seeing what the Raptors get back in return. There's still a lot of moving parts, but the main one has already been moved, and that's Kyle Lowry going to Miami. Your initial thoughts on the deal for the Heat first.
0: Right. It's, it is hard to know exactly what to make of this deal because there are still so many things, so many things that we don't know and so many moving pieces. But, I mean, look, It's been reported that the Miami Heat have been interested in Kyle Lowry for a long time. It's not a huge surprise. Um, This team, it became pretty clear in the playoffs, they could do with an additional ball handler, an additional playmaker, an additional shooter. And Kyle Lowry kind of ticks all those boxes. You know, he's a a six-time All-Star. He didn't make the All-Star team last year, but he's still, even at his age, one of the better point guards in the league. Just a guy who knows how to run the show, always seems to make the right decisions. Um, You know, we saw what he was able to do in the one year Kawhi Leonard was in Toronto, we've seen how he's been able to kind of groom some of the younger players on the Raptors roster throughout the years. Um, He's just a a very savvy veteran, who I think will fit, you know, it's become kind of a running joke at this point, like heat culture. But I do think he's, you know, going to be a perfect fit for that franchise. Um, Also, defensively, like this Heat team was already a good defensive team with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, two of the most versatile defenders in the league, two very disruptive guys. And Kyle Lowry, even though he's never made an all-defensive team, which is still boggles my mind to this day, um, he just gets after it on that end of the court. You know, he's an excellent charge taker, um, even though he's about six foot tall or whatever he's listed at. He's a guy who isn't afraid to, to switch on to bigger guys and make them uncomfortable so you know this team was already kind of a nuisance to to play against just because of the way they play they can kind of grind it out on both ends of the court larry fits that and you know they've also got a guy reportedly signing pj tucker who fits that that heat culture as well um a guy who's just you know gives you 110 percent what feels like every single possession so i i mean the the east is really tough you know we, we've got the milwaukee Bucks, the brooklyn nets the Sixers are more of a question mark but they finished with the best record in the east's Uh, This past season and they're still going to be, you know, as long as Joel Embiid is healthy, we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons and if he gets traded. But as long as Joel Embiid is healthy, like they're going to be a four. So it's it's very competitive at the top of the East. But I do think the addition without knowing every single moving piece in this trade, I do think the addition of Kyle Lowry kind of moves this this Heat team back into a pretty safe title contender spot.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Whenever I talk about the upper echelon in the Eastern Conference, I feel like I always leave Philly out. Um, You know, I shouldn't do that. They they have one of the best players in the league, top ten player in the league, in Joel Embiid. Um, You know, they finished first in the Eastern Conference last year, but I think the way that they left the playoffs and also the pending trade of Ben Simmons, who knows what they get back for him, um, that's sort of you know left them up in the air to me of what I should kind of expect out of them next season but when you talk about Miami and you talk about the heat culture listen you pay me third you know 90 million dollars for the next three years I'm gonna fit into heat culture okay like that's let's let's just be clear about that I mean first of all if you're Lowry you wanted to go to a team that had a chance to win a championship you know, in the near future. You also wanted to go to a team that was going to value value you and show you that, and he absolutely got what he wanted in both. Check both those boxes, going to Miami, and guess what? He doesn't have to deal with the Canadian taxes anymore. That helps a little bit right? to sweeten the deal. Um, he goes down there, plays a lot of golf in Miami. He's, he's reunited or actually uh, gets a chance to play a full regular season with his friend, um, Jimmy Butler. They're, they're reportedly very close. I think Lowry's actually his... Uh, uh, Jimmy's kid's uh, godfather, in fact. Um, so they they got really close at that uh, Rio Olympic Games. That team that won the gold medal five years ago. So this is a this is a guy that is going into a situation where not only does he have a friend on the team, he's getting paid well. He's going to South South Beach. He wants to complain about that, and they're going to be competitive next year. So mm-hmm. I think it's a win 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 for Kyle Lowry and also the Heat because, quite frankly, we talk about the Heat culture and, and all the toughness and everything else that you know they like to spew. They weren't tough in the playoffs this year. They weren't tough like the Milwaukee Bucks punched them in the face and they did not respond. So they went out and got Lowry who was, you know, Mr. Toughness and then PJ Tucker who is Mr. Toughness plus. Uh, I think they addressed, you know, one of their biggest issues uh, and that is you know, just not having the grit that they needed in the postseason. And that's no disrespect to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but your best players can also be your most your enforcers. Right. You need other guys to do that. And we saw that with the Milwaukee Bucks when they were able to get enforcers to surround you on it. So he wasn't the only tough guy on the team. P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, they figured it out and they won a championship doing so. So um, I I think the Heat are are sort of – they knew what they had to get this offseason. They knew they wanted to keep Duncan Robinson. They paid him a lot of money to stay there. They knew they had to get tougher. They did that in in, in addressing Larry. and as you said, they needed another ball ball handler. uh, So they got him and Larry and and P.J. Tucker. I didn't see coming, but that is a great, great, great addition to the Heat. Uh, On the flip side, the Raptors lose Kyle Lowry, in my opinion, the best player that ever wore their jersey um he spent nine years there turned the franchise from basically a laughing stock of the league uh to a team that now has almost irrational confidence in terms of where they sit in the nba pecking order right like he he, their expectations from when he arrived to versus where he leaves now expectations in toronto is like hey we can we've won a championship We're, we're always going to be in the mix uh for a championship and I'm here to tell you, it's they're not close to it, right? Like they, they are. This move signaled to me that the Raptors are further away from the championship than I think that their fan base thinks they are. Um, all last year, we saw them, in, you know, in, in Tampa, so we really couldn't get a good judge of, of of what this team was. But let's face it, they finished outside looking in uh, of a of a ten team playoff race. Like ten teams made the playoffs last season. I'm, I'm counting a the play in tournament there. The Raptors weren't even close to making the play-in tournament, um, and you, you could blame injuries. You can blame, uh, you know, the weird year. You could blame Tampa Bay and all that other stuff. Uh, but the bottom line is, even if everything went right for them last season, this team still was a step below the Bucks, a step below the Sixers, a step below the Nets, uh, and, and possibly even the Knicks and the Hawks. Or, uh, uh, Nick, yeah, Knicks and the Hawks. So it, it, they would have been fighting uh, towards that bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, if all went right for them and now lose Kyle Lowry. And if you're the Raptor fan, I would interpret this as if Masayu Jerry thought that we were closer to a championship than we were further away. He'd figure out a way to pay Kyle Lowry and keep him in Toronto to help us get back to where we need to be. The fact that he let him go shows me that we're sort of hit, re, you know hitting the reload button. It's not a complete rebuild, but it is definitely a reload. And as you take a look inside of this roster sort of shaping out for the Raptors, it's a lot of young talent there, but there's also a lot of wait and see what this guy can be uh, in this role. So next year could be a uh, a lean year in Toronto.
0: And I think what they did in the draft speaks to that, right? Because I think it's fair to say pretty much everyone thought that they were going to select Jalen Suggs, who was one of the most NBA ready prospects in this class and kind of felt like a guy who kind of carried the torch from Kyle Larry and maybe you know it, it's not as much of a rebuild as it is I, I'm not I'm not a draft expert but I'm sure you know like Kyle would have told us last week like Scotty Barnes is more of a, pro- uh, a project and you know maybe this team is playing more of the long view at this point but I think it, it is pretty interesting that you know it's been reported the Raptors have been engaged in discussions with the 76ers for Ben Simmons we'll see if that works out but the, the the team that it looks like they're trying to put together it is a very specific team like Pascal Siakam OG Ananobi Scotty Barnes their interest in Ben Simmons getting a guy like Precious Achua like they're going after guys who are like 6'7 six, 6'10 six, forwards who can guard multiple positions a lot of them can bring the ball up do lots of different things on offense um, so I, I think they are a fascinating team from that perspective but also like this was going to be a huge offseason for them just because of the amount of different directions it could have gone based on how they dealt with the draft, how they dealt with free agency, Kyle Lowry specifically, what they're going to do with their cap space now that Kyle Lowry isn't on that. Who are they going to get back in this sign and trade? Um, I I, I really do just think they're a fascinating team. But to to your point, yeah, I mean, it does seem like they are far away from contending um, based on where we sit today and how last season played out. And even the season before that, to be honest, like they were the biggest surprise in the league because after Kawhi Leonard left everyone thought they would kind of be heading towards some so- some sort of soft rebuild um, but to finish you know didn't they finish with like the best winning percentage in franchise history in 2019-20 and they came game 7 against the Celtics in the second round um, you know knocking on the door of another Eastern Commons finals uh, appearance and I think you know if you simulated that, that season 10 times or something that's probably the one time it happens. Um, and that's not to take away from their success like they were just a fantastic team um nick nurse coached the hell out of them uh got coach of the year and everyone was bought in from from top to bottom but you know i am with you this team is is very clearly not contending for a title next season um but I, I think they have a very interesting young core um guys who are versatile basically one through five um and you know i have no doubt as long as masai jiri is there that they're gonna build a team that. That is going to be worth taking notice of, um, and in a few years' time, maybe they can kind of be back in that title-contending spot.
1: Yeah, the, the key word there is going to take a few years' time for the Toronto Raptors to get back there. Um, all right, we'll stick with free agency here on the topic of free agency. Um, there's a lot of movement, a lot of movement outside of Kyle Lowry. Uh, what, what was the most intriguing free agency move for you so far?
0: Um. I feel like it's it's kind of a hard question to answer because there haven't been that many surprises, right? I mean, you said it. Larry was the biggest one. We're still kind of finding out the details of DeRozan. That is a surprise, him going to the Chicago Bulls. But outside of that, like unless Kawhi Leonard's going to sign somewhere. It, it does feel like a lot of the big names are kind of sticking where they are. You know, even like a, a John Collins, it's been reported that he's getting um, a five-year, I think $125 million offer from the Hawks. We'll see how that works out. Um, but Jared Allen also staying in Cleveland. So it, it's been a little a little quiet in that perspective. So there's not like a huge name for me to answer this question, but a few that I, I, I am intrigued by is, is one, Patty Mills going to the Nets. Um, this is a team that had little to no cap space, and they have got they now have one of the, the better backup guards in the league, a guy who can shoot the lights out, um, and is just a true professional, and I think he's going to fit in there seamlessly. Jeff Green going to the Nuggets, again, something that's probably flown on the radar, but I love adding a versatile forward next to Nikola Jokic, who can space the floor and defend basically every single position. Um, I think the Lakers are... Perhaps the most interesting team yet again um, this offseason from the Russell Westbrook tra- trade to all these additions that they're making. Um, Carmelo Anthony is apparently going there on a one-year deal. They've reportedly signed Malik Monk, a guy who has had an up-and-down start to his NBA career but was a 40% three-point shooter last year. Is a guy who has proven that he can get hot and he feels just like an ideal signing for that team. So I think that they're, they're very interesting so far. Um, Also, last but not least, Andre Drummond going to Philly. That is not something that I saw at all going into free agency. And um, it's really the first time, I I mean, I I think it's safe to assume he's going to Philly to be Joel Embiid's backup. And it's really the first time since his rookie season that he has played that kind of role. Um, I think he has the potential to be an upgrade over Dwight Howard for Philadelphia, um, playing that 15-20 minute uh, role behind Joel Embiid, being an enforcer on both ends, a guy who can play above the rim, uh, protect the rim, be a disruptive d- defender. But um, you know, him and Joel Embiid have history, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. So those are those are some of the big names that kind of jump out to me right now of of deals that at least we have been reported um as as agreements between between teams. And, and yeah, I,
1: I'm with you. I'm with you on the uh, drum in to Philly deal. I think that's the most intriguing one for me so far um, because it not only does it give Philly an upgrade over Dwight Howard, but it gives them a little bit of insurance when you know Joel Embiid misses some time or or has to sit out uh, because there's a back to back or whatever the case is. We know that Joel Embiid is not going to play 82 games next season. Having a starting caliber center that you can just call on and step right in there and, and get similar. Th- production, at least de- rebounding-wise, from him uh, or even on an upgrade, really, uh, from, from Joel Embiid because mm-hmm. Drummond's one of the better rebounders in the league, better offensive rebounders in the league as well. So um, I, I think Philly definitely got an upgrade on their backup center position and a little bit of insurance for the nights where Embiid is out of the lineup. You don't drop off. Completely, you could still do what you do uh, if you're Doc Rivers in Philadelphia, and still we we don't know what happens with Ben Simmons. It's all going to depend on what happens with Ben Simmons. Um, I expect him to be outside, out of Philly, in another Jersey once the dust settles here from free agency, because I just don't know how you can bring him back into that locker room after just shopping him around openly all summer long and expect him to come back in there all smiles and and act like everything is okay. Like everyone's looking at this this Drummond and Bede, uh you know, potential beef on you know, the. They had uh, they had a I don't want to say an issue because it was one sided where right? it was Embiid just pummeling Drummond into submission. <laughs> That's all it was. So if Drummond decides to sign there, I don't think there's any issues. No, I, I don't if think if so, anyone I don't. has any any uh, should have any uh, you know a grudges to hold, it should be Drummond because he's the one that is on the losing end of, of the the verbal battles and and on the court as well. So Drummond going to Philly, I, I think it's a good situation for him. He's going to get better in practice. You know, dealing with Embiid, having to learn how to guard that guy um, who clearly has his number. You you know, in the regular season games. So I I'm, I, I really like that move for Philly. I, I, I do think that they need to find a way to keep Danny Green or, or at least replace his shooting and um, mm. his production because he's a starter at the end of the day. You know, uh, the Raptors didn't re- fully replace him and Philly hasn't really fully replaced him and neither have the Lakers. Um, people keep trying to move Danny Green around and he keeps ending up on teams that are at the top of the, you know, the conference in the regular season. And I think there's still value in that. Maybe in the playoffs you can say, He's lost a little bit, but in the regular season, he's a winner. Um, so yep. that's a, that, that's what I uh, I think Philly should uh, should definitely find a way to replace him. But, uh, you know, Drummond's my guy that I, I'm most intrigued by in terms of free agent moves. Um, there is, you know, the list of guys that are, you know, we're talking about that are still out there, small. Um, but uh, is there any names out there that you're still kind of, eh, I'm kind of interested in where he ends up? Yeah,
0: this is tricky because between now and the end of this podcast, all of them probably could have been signed, um, knowing our luck. But I, th- no, there's a few. I mean, Dennis Roda is a guy who's, you know, I feels like we've been talking about all season long about what he's going to do in free agency. And it's well known that he's looking for a big deal. It's safe to assume it's not going to be from the Lakers at this point because they just traded for Russell Westbrook and it seems like they're kind of rounding out their roster. Maybe there's a sign and trade there. You know, they're reportedly still interested in getting Buddy healed, which is kind of like the first package. Um, that they were reportedly interested in um, before that Russell Westbrook trade. So I think Dennis Rhoda, where he ends up, what kind of deal he signs, I'm very interested to see. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is another one. I, I, when you asked me, I feel like last week about kind of free agents that I was interested in, he's someone I wanted to talk about, and he just completely, I, I completely forgot about him. Um, obviously, I think he only played three games last season because he suffered a partially torn ACL. But I mean, he he averaged a career best 20.6 points per game in 2019-20, and his efficiency kind of fell off in the second half of the season but i remember around all-star time like he he was getting some buzz as a potential all-star in the eastern conference a guy who really has improved pretty much every single year he's been in the league and it would really be nice to see him bounce back after his latest knee injury and kind of regain the form or at least be on the same trajectory that he was before that so there's been reports that he's you know close to a deal in washington Something seems a little fishy there because that was reported hours ago, and nothing else has come out of, out about it. Um, but it, you know, I, I'd like to see him kind of land in a good situation and, and get a good payday, um, and see if he can kind of return to to his, his pre-injury form. But those are those are two unrestricted guys on the restricted side. Larry Markinen is the, is a name, and potentially, you know, he he might be involved in this sign and trade with with Lonzo Ball. Um, there's been reports and. and um, you know, and and the Pelicans getting Devonte Graham. There's been reports about him potentially being involved in that deal, but a guy who you know has had a bit of an up and down start to his season, similar to a uh, career, similar to Malik Monk. But he's he's flashed a lot of potential. You know, he he's a a seven footer, a power forward who can stretch the floor at a high rate, and he's another one in in the right situation. I feel like he could blossom. So um, it not, it doesn't feel like we've really heard much about him yet. Um, but this is getting the time where I feel like names like this the market is starting to the market and the money is starting to run a little bit dry so
1: it feels like now now what we know about DeRozan getting the money he got it feels like marketing is going to be on his way out like i, I don't know how chicago can pay yeah. marketing the, the money that uh, he could command and uh, on, on top of what they gave DeMar rosen so we could just assume that he, he'll probably be out of here by the time you are if you're listening to the podcast uh version of this show. He's probably on another team. Um, Restricted free agency, I I know uh, Kendrick Nunn was restricted going into it. He's now unrestricted. I'm interested to see where he lands, because I think he's a guy that could come off the bench somewhere and light it up, be sort of like a Lou Williams type um, I think that's the perfect role for him on a on a decent team. I don't I don't see him as a starter in the NBA anymore. I know Miami had him starting and he, he did well playing in that role, but I, I do think that he's more of a guy that's going to come off the bench and fill it up. And speaking of Miami, Victor Oladipo, a uh, guy mm. who is out there, and um, you know, three years ago was you know a, a guy that people would say, hey, he, he's he's on his way to getting a max deal or could be a, a needle mover for your team he's not that anymore but um you know that's all only because of injury if he's able to get back healthy and be fully healthy what can he become um would be very interesting so he still has to get a prove-it deal somewhere but i'm, I'm interested to see where that prove-it deal could be because it's, it's gonna be on a good team like he's not gonna go to i don't know sacramento and stink it up he's, he's gonna go to a team that you know is 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 halfway decent and has minutes available to him then uh he could be you know the, the team the guy that shifts them in the right direction so i'm very interested to see where uh victor oladipo lands at the end of all of this um all right on that by the uh, way sorry
0: I, I gotta say someone on rmbl.com staff i don't know if he wants me to name him so i won't but he uh he said the Lakers as a, as a possible landing spot for Victor Oladipo, just kind of hypothesizing. Um, and if you, you know, a team that obviously needs players, doesn't have much cap space, maybe they sign him to approve a deal. Um, and then, you know, he takes his time coming back from his rehab, fits into a championship, on a championship contending team. Um, I that That's a very interesting situation. I've heard nothing about linking the two. So who knows if it will happen, but that, that I feel like that would be a very interesting situation for Victor Oladipo.
1: It would, you know, where where else would be interesting at this point, given the circumstances? I think Brooklyn would too. Yeah, I think he would be very interested in Brooklyn uh, coming off the bench with Patty Mills and kind of guiding that second unit now that they lost Shamit, now that lost Dinwiddie, now they kind of need ball handlers, and we know Kyrie and you know Harden could miss some time. You know, hey, they don't need ball handlers. They got enough ball handling, but they do. But but more the merrier, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're never out of guys that can make a play. Um, yeah. and, and Oladipo could could look really good next to playing next to three three Hall of Fame caliber players, right? So uh, that's not a bad place for him to land uh, and, and contribute to a championship. We saw, we saw what it did for Blake Lifford right? Like we didn't think that yeah. Blake had that sort of role playing game to him, and he turned into a great role player for for the Nets, and he's going to be back there next year. Um, yep. Okay, uh, that's enough for free agency talk. We uh, we are going to exhaust that over the next couple of weeks here on the program and also on NBA.com. Uh, So I thought we would move to the draft since we didn't get a chance to uh, get our thoughts out on the draft because it happened um, while it happened Thursday. (laughs) It feels like like two weeks ago, but it just happened Thursday, less than a week ago. Um, And our last show was before the draft. So leading in last week, we had our draft expert, NBA.com's draft experts, Kyle Irving. We kind of just sat in the background while he dropped knowledge on us. Uh, Now that the draft has been uh, had, Scott, is there a, a player? or a team that you're uh, wanting to shout out here uh, in, in your recap of what happened last Thursday.
0: I mean, I already talked about the Raptors who, you know, that if they made the first surprising pick of the night, I feel like. Um, but another team that I thought did really well, and again, I'm no dra- draft expert, but I thought the Rockets did really well. Obviously getting Jalen Green with their number two pick, but Alper and Shang-Goon, getting him when they did, obviously they had to m- make a trade to, to get that pick. Um, but you know, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of draft experts are super high on him. He has obvious limitations. He's not the longest guy. He's not a great defender right now. Um, but, you know, a post scorer who can pass, play in the pick and roll. You know me, Colin. Anyone who compares someone to Nicole Jokic, I'm a fan of um, right off the bat. So I-, I think all things considered, they did a pretty good job. And when you look at this Rockets team now, look at their roster. They have mm-hmm. quite a lot of appealing young players and prospects um who knows who's going to be on the team still in five years time who knows how they're all going to pan out um but that they're, they're starting to put together an interesting roster so i I'd probably give a quick shout out to the rockets um in addition to the raptors for kind of how things play down on draft night
1: yeah the rockets made a lot of picks um you know got some young talent there still not going to watch them play next year a lot of people won't watch them play next year it'll be a little while before we pay attention to them on a national level um but, uh, you know, J- Jalen Green could turn into something special. Uh, I think he has yep. that sort of quality uh, to him. Um, when you look at the draft, I think I- I'm very interested in how the Warriors picks end up turning out. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga and Chris Duarte. Uh, sorry, Moses Moody. Um, those two picks, to me, um, you know, they're-, they're landing in a perfect situation. Uh, if you're a rookie, you're landing in a situation where, you know, you- you're getting to learn from Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame talent. And you know you're coming off the, probably coming off the bench, and you're not going to have to score a ton. You're just going to have to you know really lock in defensively, make the right play when you know it comes your way, and when it's all in doubt, you just throw it to Steph and hope it goes in. And nine times out of ten, it probably will. So I think Kaminga and, and and Moody specifically, um, those two guys are going to enter a situation where um, they're going to do a lot of winning early in their career, and most lottery picks don't have that luxury so uh that's a that's a plus there for the warriors the only other Kyle thing said that carl said yeah. that
0: by the way he said don't don't let jonathan kamega fall to the to the warriors because he's going to be perfect for them um, yeah. and you're right a guy who can just kind of focus on defense at least at the start of his career and see how the rest plays out uh, it feels like a, a perfect situation for him and the warriors too perfect pickup
1: and for both those guys, who you know, Moody's a little bit more advanced offensively than Kaminga is, but a, a guy like Kaminga, who took a lot of bad shots in the G League uh, season that he had, uh, was super inefficient. He's going to a team where he's going to have more space to create than he's ever had in his life, mm-hmm. uh, playing next to Steph and 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 and, and Clay. So um, that and he's going to have a uh, you know a strong pick and roll partner in uh, in in their in their draft pick. Uh, from last season, his, his name's uh, James Wiseman. Uh, so you're, you, you look at that team, some, there's some young pieces there, yes. Um, Nico Mannion's just killed it in the Olympics. Uh, he's going to come back with a ton of confidence if he's still on the, on the roster this year. Um, they, they have a lot of guys that are young, they're going to be hungry, and then you pair them up with Steph, and, and finally we can get to see Clayback back on a court hopefully healthy, Um, it's going to be a tough team to deal with. Uh, I don't know if they're they're, they're not championship contenders by any means. They're still going to have a a tough sledding uh, in that Western Conference. But when you're a, a lottery pick, most times you're ending up on a team that's probably going to be right back in the lottery that's not going to be the case for Moody and Kaminga, so um, you know I, I'm looking forward to see them play uh, this season coming up uh, for the Warriors. Hopefully, uh, that, that's that feels like one of those days where I gotta take naps because you know the Warriors play on the West and I, I don't do well with the, the West Coast games, Scott. <laughs> you know that about me. Um, yep. But whenever they make their Eastern Conference road trip, I'll, I'll be tuned in for sure. Um, speaking of the Olympics, we just shot it on Nico Mannion. His is uh his Olympic campaign is over. Scott, we're down to the final four on the men's side and on the women's side as we record today. And uh, as you're listening to the live show today, uh, the quarterfinals will begin uh, on the women's side today. Eight teams remaining trying to get their shot at uh, an Olympic medal. Uh, start for the with the men first. Um, the the Americans uh, are are through. The Australians are through. They'll be playing each other in one semifinal, and then we have Slovenia, who have who have not lost a game yet, with Luka Doncic playing uh, uh, with them, and France in the other semifinal. Um, I think you've had a chance now at this point to see every one of these teams play at least once. Um, mm-hmm. but what's your thoughts on these two semifinals as we head uh, that that's coming up here on Thursday?
0: I mean, this is going to be fun. I think USA Australia should be a great game. Um, Australia, we've talked a lot about them before. They've never meddled in the Olympics. This is a team that's hungry. This is a team that has been together before. When you look at, I know Aaron Baines is injured now, but Aaron Baines, Joe Ingles, Patty Mills, it feels like those three have been playing together forever. They've got some young pieces now. Um, this is a team that I don't think is going to be afraid of Team USA. And we saw them actually defeat Team USA in the exhibition game um, before the Olympics. So we know what they're capable of. I think U- Team USA looks different this time around. Um, they, they got hit in the face a little bit in those exhibition games. And then that first loss to France and the last few games, they've looked more like themselves. So I, I think it's just going to be a great game um, to two powerhouses going at each other, two teams looking to prove themselves. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, Anytime you get to watch Luka Doncic, you should sign up for it. And France has been fantastic as well. They obviously defeated USA in the first game in group play. A team that has Evan Fournier, who, who's been playing great in the in this tournament, signed a big deal with the New York Knicks. Rudy Gobert, I mean, one of the best defensive players in the NBA. I, I just think it's you know four teams that are, are hungry and and want to medal, um, and it's going to make for two very thrilling semifinals games. I think.
1: Yeah, it, watching Doncic go against the uh, French defense is going to be interesting. And then on the other side, you know, yes, the U.S. have looked better in their last three games. They beat Iran. They destroyed uh, the Czech Republic uh, and, and make quick work of Spain in the quarterfinals. But those are three teams that aren't on the level that Australia is. So if we want to find out how good this U.S. team is, we're going to find out in the semifinals. And uh, it's going to be interesting uh, because the Boomers are going to be there and giving them their best shot. Um, I think this is the gold medal matchup Australia and mm. and America will be the gold medal matchup for me uh, I love Slovenia and what they're doing I love France as well but I just think these two teams Australia and the US are just a class above those other two and, and should win the gold medal um it, it, whoever wins this one should win the gold medal uh so that'll be interesting to see um of course you got to get up uh, real late on the east coast it's at uh, midnight um starting tip for that u.s game will be at 9 p.m uh, pacific time for you guys out on the left coast uh but will be a fun game you know australia's not going to back mm-hmm. down they're not going to be afraid of the americans and team usa knows what's in front of them uh, a lot of these guys that are on australia play in the nba so um, you know, is Kevin Durant the best player in the world? That 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 conversation's been happening um in NBA circles for uh for the last little while and uh, last decade Colin. Yeah, for for <laughs> For my money, right now, uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man, as the great Ric Flair once said, um, and that's Giannis after the Kumpo. So uh, you know, Kevin Durant could re-enter the conversation if he's able to lead this team, uh, Team USA uh, squad to the gold medal. But right now, for my money, it's uh, it's Giannis. Uh, I think you agree with me on that. Uh, so we, we don't need to we don't need to really debate about uh, about that. Um, the women's side uh, we gets going tonight. Uh, if you're listening on Tuesday on the live show. 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. It's China. It's Serbia. That's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I think... I, I honestly can't pick that one. That's that's like a that's like a toss up for me. Uh, a lot of these games are um, Australia and the US are playing in the quarterfinals. I think the US will make quick work of Australia. Australia did a great job of getting to the quarterfinals in a thrilling game. Their last game, they had to win. They had to beat Puerto Rico by at least twenty four points, and they were able to do that. And that was a game that was really close at half, uh, and they pulled away in the second half and, and were able to, to get in on the point difference system, uh, winning by by m- over twenty four points. So now. You know, they celebrated like they won the gold medal uh, after that game, and I think it's going to take a lot of them out of them emotionally to get back up to that level. And then on top of it, even if even if all things were considered equal, they didn't have to use all that um, you know energy in that celebration or uh, that sigh of relief. They weren't beating the Americans anyway. The the Americans are the best team here on the on the women's side. Uh, they're gonna win the gold medal, barring anything crazy. Um, and they'll make quick work of Australia, in my opinion. And then the other two quarterfinals are very interested in. Japan has a style of play. If you guys if if, if you haven't seen Japan play, you have to see Japan play. Like they just throw threes at the rim and uh and and no matter what Uh, that's their style that they play. It's such an interesting offense. They compete hard on the defensive end, really love what Japan does, and in Belgium, um, my, my sleeper team uh, they've just been kind of you know rolling along here in these Olympic games uh, you know Emma Messamane one of the best players in the world uh, really kind of showcasing her skill and her talent and uh, Belgium a team that you know hadn't made the Olympics before and here they are uh, with a chance to to, to get a medal uh, which is inc- you know, insane and who who's leading the tournament and scoring 27.3 points per game she's been awesome 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 uh, and the final one Spain and France Two European teams that really execute you to death. I think Spain probably has the best offense, in my opinion, in this tournament. um, Outside of like talent, I'm talking about like their sets. They get shots at the rim no matter what. Like you, you can try your hardest to try and stop them. Those Spain cuts, those those screens. They just, it's just a basketball, you know, junkie's dream to watch them play. Uh, So I I do have Spain winning, um, beating France in that one. So uh, to me, it'd be Spain belgium the u.s and i'll go with china and the upset hmm. uh in my opinion uh, as, as the teams that will move on to the final four but honestly i could be wrong about three out of those four the only one i'm i i really feel safe picking is the us over australia
0: well you know i'm picking belgium to win it all so that's my analysis for <laughs> uh, i'll be watching them play against japan and then see what they can do in the semifinals and and hopefully we bring it home in the finals um yeah. It's been a good tournament, just men and women's side for basketball, I feel like. Um, a lot of competitive games. Like you said, that Australia game where they had to win by, how many points was it? 26? 24. Um, 24. Just like uh, your rare, thrilling blowout victory. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's been a fun tournament, it feels like. And I, I kind of expect that to continue um, with these quarterfinals and then the semifinals um, for the men coming up on yeah, the, I, the next couple of days.
1: I, I said it in my uh, FIBA commentators group chat that it, it's rare that you get a dagger in a 26 point game. And they had a dagger <laughs> with, uh, with George, who <laughs> was right at the rim, got fouled, and hit the and one. And that felt like a dagger that put them, you know, enough uh, clear uh, to have enough uh, points, uh, not only in the win, but just have enough to get through to. The next round, and now they face Team USA, as I said. So they're uh, they're probably heading back home on the plane. But great effort out of Australia, considering the fact that their best player Liz Cambage mm-hmm. is not there with them. Um, so that's uh, and there, you know, next year for for the Australians, they're going to be hosting the uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup in Sydney um, in 2022. Mm-hmm. So you know, next summer. This same team had a lot of experience here at the Olympic Games. They're going to want to defend and play well at home. Uh, and this time, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, COVID pending, it will be in front of a crowd. Right now, no one's playing in front of a crowd um, in in the uh, in the Olympics. So um, before we get out of here, uh, while we're on the Olympic topic, do have to give a quick shout-out to uh, to a, a great that we had the privilege of watching play his final game uh, mm. in, this morning with Australia beating Argentina. Luis Scola leaves the game. Um, the game of basketball, that is. He, uh, what, what a resume, right? Like we, we haven't seen him in the NBA Incredible. world for for a while. He, he was a great player there. He bounced around on, on, on many teams, um, but for someone that uh, you know, for, for you and I who are, are closer to most uh, dealing with uh, our friends in NBA Argentina, we have a little bit more affinity for for Scola than the average person. Um, he might still play pro basketball, but uh, his days with the national team are done. And here's a guy that won the gold medal uh, with, with uh, his national with his national team uh, at the Olympics. Um, he's also, you know, been able to win two silvers at the World Cup. Um, you know, and, and everyone remembers that run in Athens, uh, of course, in 04, um, you know, winning the, the gold medal there. That's a golden generation of basketball. He's really at the forefront of that. Uh, that is, uh, you know, a legend in, in Argentina, but really a legend globally. And it was great to see. Um, you know both teams, not just the Argentinians, but the, the Boomers all as well. The Aussie Boomers give him the standing ovation uh, as he walked off the floor for the final time in the game. That was great to see, really touching moment. And then Patty Mills had so many glowing things to say about him in the in the post game press conference, just talking about what scola meant to the game of basketball you know outside of the nba outside of playing you know for argentina but even to him as an australian just a passion that he played with uh, he really admired it so um shout out to luis scola on a great uh, career you know all these caps for his national team um you know he is going to be celebrated for a very long time uh in his country and, and really should be celebrated for a very long time globally
0: absolutely um a basketball legend and i remember growing up as a Houston Rockets fan I remember him coming over to the NBA 27 year old rookie and then and, and just watching him torch teams with with his face up jumpers out of the post uh, his footwork his up and under um, he's always had like an old man game but you know he, he was he was always strong he always had soft touch a guy who really felt like he could just get a bucket whenever um, and obviously you know he, he had a, a pretty decent NBA career but to your point, you look at his resume on like Wikipedia or anything like that, Like he's just racked it up overseas. A guy who has been doing this for a very long time, got it done, competed, won at basically every single level. Um, so yeah, a, a basketball legend. It was nice to see him kind of get the the farewell that he did in that game, unfortunately, for Argentina. This is where their road ends in these Olympics. Um, but a guy who's been doing it for, for, for a long time now uh, and deserves kind of all
1: that attention. He really does. Uh, all right. Let's get out of here, Scott. We, uh, we'll we see everybody next week back here on NBA uh, Sound System Live, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, across the NBA Global Networks. Uh, a reminder: um, basketball does not stop. Summer league already already on the uh, on the docket for us to watch. <laughs> if you missed basketball, you didn't have to wait too long to see it again. Uh, in fact, there's actually summer league games tonight as we record this, August third. Uh, the Lakers, Heat, and the Warriors and Kings are playing in the California Classic annual summer league. Now that's the summer league before the summer league, like the real summer league in Vegas where everybody's there. Uh, it might have different rosters, but if you're if you're desperate to see some basketball, there's be some basketball on TV for you tonight, so enjoy it. Um, I'm, Scott, are you watching it? Be honest, are you watching California Classic Summer League? I gotta be honest,
0: Colin, I don't think I will be watching it. Um, <laughs> I, need, I need to catch up on some sleep after some crazy draft and free agency stuff, so I'm, I might give this one a skip and tune in for the uh, some of the Las Vegas Summer League games and watching those rookies
1: yeah you know what I think I'm uh, I, I, in my mind I don't think I'm going to watch it but I think I'm going to flip by to see what's going on to see if there's anybody that uh, you know I might find interesting for for five minutes I just love the game that much but then I'll flip over to the Olympic stuff and then I'll mm-hmm. watch them uh, watch some of the knockout stage over there um, so everyone else uh, you know I- I enjoy the rest of your week again we'll be back here next Tuesday 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific right here across the MLA Global Networks for Scott Rafferty I'm Carlin Gay we will see you next week right here on the NBA Sound System back.